All right, you are now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players podcast. It's that time of the week, people. We're talking Clippers and Lakers and the game that was played on Monday. I'm going to give you a history of Patrick Heartbeat Beverly. That's his new nickname that I just coined him because he is the pulse. He is the heartbeat of the Clippers organization. We're going to talk about the future of the Lakers. Where is management going? What is going to happen in free agency with these guys? So follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew, just kick the intro music. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like us. I do have something to say. So you got to give it up. Give it up. You never heard All right, so the question Drew and I get asked every single day is how do you start a podcast? When we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we both had so many questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen to? And most importantly, how do we make money from our podcast? The answer is simple. Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all people, it's 100% free and it's ridiculously easy to use. Even Drew can use it. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, guys, that's exactly what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and Drew and the whole diverse community of podcasters around the world that are already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. We can't wait to hear your podcast. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players podcast. Yep. We're coming to you live from sunny, not sunny, Drew, San Clemente, <laughs> California. It's always sunny in San Clemente. It, it used to be. It's it's rainy right now. It's Wednesday, and we're dropping episode 66. You guys been waiting all week? Yeah. Uh, Drew and I got a lot to talk about today, mostly about Drew's bullshit Lakers, but we're going to talk about that. <laughs> first thing... First, Drew, episode 66, give me something. Give me, give, what do you got? Episode 66. I hate this number, by the way, people. Yeah. I hate this you're number. You're a 5'5 guy. Yes. Uh, so we're in the 6'6 six, six range here. And uh, Wilt Chamberlain was the only guy to ever score. Fuck it, I'm tired of talking about Wilt. Only guy to ever score 66 the points. The only player in NBA history. To score exactly 66 points. Interesting. That's pretty weird. All the different, like, there's been several guys that have scored more than 66 points. 65, 67. Right. And maybe. and beyond. Right. Uh, he's the only one to do it. He did it in the 1969 uh, season for the Lakers in a win against the Phoenix Suns, which is nice. Uh, but then I, I, I do, I really like going back to this 66 wins category. 66 wins. So there have been four teams to hit exactly 66 wins. And... I'll start with I'll start with the furthest team okay. away. Okay. 1971, Milwaukee Bucks championship team with Kareem and Oscar Robertson on. Did they play 82 games? Do you know? They did. That's what that was the season. They did play 82 games. Um, Kareem averaged 31 and 16 that year. <laughs> uh, Oscar Robertson was the second best player. He was he was averaging like 22 points a game. 2008, the Celtics. 66 wins, 2008. 66, that was their championship. That was the first year. That was the championship season. Was that the first year of the big I think three? 07 was their first mm-hmm. year. 
Um, 08 was their championship, though. That was the year that they beat right. the Lakers. I remember it. Paul Pierce. <laughs> right. The truth. Paul Pierce led the way with 20 points per game. Obviously, there was Kevin Garnett. And, Drew, Drew and hates Ray Paul Allen. Pierce, by the way. Paul Pierce Literally is terrible. Hates, he is not terrible. This He's is a terrible. No, stop. Terrible. All you talk about is when he faked his fucking injury. Yeah. That's the only thing you base his whole career on. This guy is one of the That's greatest not players. What I base you, his career you on. You hate him for that. Drew. I do hate him for that. It was a fucking shit move. It was a great dramatic move. It was a fucking piece of shit move. He's a pussy. Oh, um, oh man. And yeah, he only averaged like 20 points per game for only? that team, okay. which is not not spectacular. With Ray Allen and KG on the squad. Yeah. That's good. No, no. They were a good team. I'm mm. not, I'm never, you're never going to hear me say that they weren't a good team they were a fucking unbelievable team so they Great won that systems. year i i hate the celtics and most mostly i hate paul pierce he's terrible we can agree he's terrible as an analyst right you want to name a couple bad analysts right now we can do that okay so paul pierce is one of them he's got to be like maybe the worst him and c webb are pretty bad c webb tries really hard. getting better though he's, getting, he's better. getting the reps in agreed i can tolerate c webb agreed way more chris agreed. weber uh, Scotty Pippen shouldn't be analyzing anything. Well, they he, have him on the jump because anyone can only take him at, at 17 minute intervals. And you know we call him Scotty B. Trippin. Yeah. Shout out to Scotty Pippen Jr. though. He's balling. They just won. They just beat Modern Day in this in the uh, Southern Section Championship. He's game. with Kenyon's kid, right? Yeah. yeah. Kenyon Martin, Cassius Stanley's all yeah. on that team. Cassius Stanley's still a junior, by He's the way. He's going to be so good. We're going way okay, off. Okay, sorry. Topic Cassius here. Stanley's going to be. Cassius really Stanley, good. look out for him, obviously. Yeah. Uh, 2009, the very next year. 2009. The Cleveland Cavaliers got 66 wins. Fucking crazy. Right. LeBron obviously leading the way there. Right. Give me a guess as to who you think his second best player on the 2009 team. This is a very random scenario. But it was his last year in Cleveland. LeBron's last year before coming before, back. Before going to Miami. Before going to Miami. The second like best player, player on, that, on team. that team. Like the second leading scorer. Zadrunas? So, no, Zadrunas was gone was by Was gone? Uh, Zerbiak was way gone. This is a really tough one for me to put you on the spot for. Can you give me one little hint? It was a guard. Okay. Uh, Booby? No, it wasn't okay. Booby. Gibson. Um, Larry Hughes wasn't on that team. No. That was way before. We're, we're right around there, though. Okay. Keep, keep, keep diving. Um, what other guards did he play with? Eric Snow? Nope. Um, am I, I'm later, getting... later. He was. This guy was later. a clipper for one period Ricky of time. Ricky Davis. Nope. God damn Later it. Later than that. Oh. It was the Clipper for one period of time. He bounced around the league. He was a good scorer. Mo Williams. God damn it, Mo. <laughs> My guy, Mo. Mo Williams in that season averaged 19 points a game. He was a baller, dude. He was very good. He was a fucking all-star. He was a very good player. Uh, and then LeBron James again with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Mm -hmm. 2013 That's Miami Heat, 66 wins. LeBron led the way, first of all, in 2009 and 2013. He was 27, 7, and 7, mm. uh, averaging for mm. a season. But this is where I want to shine the light. Shine we have, the we light, have an opportunity Drew. here mm -hmm. to tip of the cap, pay some homage to Mr. Dwayne Wade. It's time, right? He averaged 21 points per game on that 2013 Heat team. And honestly, I think he was probably more of a leader team-wise you know, for that franchise than even LeBron or Bosh. Because that was any, his squad, it was his team. That was his team. And so I think, you know, especially with, with Wade trading jerseys with anyone who wants to trade a jersey with him on his final Fuck year. Hey, dude. Uh, maybe we – I don't think we've never done – we've never done Dwayne Wade. I'm down for that because so, we've been posting a lot about Dwayne Wade on our page. It's only right that he gets something from us. So Flash time. is going to get it? Yeah. All right, episode 66. Flash, it's yours. 2013 Miami Heat, and, 66 wins. And let's talk about Dwayne Wade really fast. Yeah. I think I kind of think the the whole retirement tour thing is yeah. a little corny. It's a mm -hmm. little corny, 
But at least D Wade, like the difference between D Wade and and Dirk right now is that D Wade's actually putting in some work. You know, like yeah. he's actually performing, and he's. I think he's going out on top. I think he's doing it right. Yeah. Um, I think Dirk's like two years past his prime. And what's funny is people are even saying that Dirk hasn't even announced that he's retiring. He still has one more year. <laughs> Dirk's got another Everybody, year. Everybody's just saying you're retiring, Dirk. Yeah. When people start <laughs> randomly clapping you off the floor, <laughs> stopping games. He's like, dude, I, I have Dirk's not retired. Like, you know, by the way, guys, uh, I still have another season here. Got one more year. 26 million. I, you know, that's that's a lot. In, that's a lot of sausages in, in Bavaria. D- Dirk has not uh, exchanged jerseys with anybody. He's keeping all his jerseys. He is. I, maybe he he must have done it with Wade or something. I kind of like. I mean, Wade exchanged with the homie on. And I don't know Kevin Herter. Herter, who I don't know. Give you me sleep, some info you on him. On, yeah, Kevin Herter. He's like six nine shooter, uh, from Maryland. Mm-hmm. He's he's good. Mm-hmm. He he can play in the league. He, when you look at him, you're like, I don't know. He look a little wiry. He doesn't look so strong, but he's good. He's a good athlete. He can run. He can. He's a really good shooter. So. When Atlanta this offseason, when they drafted Trey Young as their Steph Curry, mm-hmm. they looked at Herter as their Kev or their uh, Clay Thompson, mm-hmm. and then they got uh, this guy Spellman, Omari Spellman from Villanova. But Herter wears Herter wears the three because of Dwayne Wade. Right, grew up idolizing idolizing him, and if you notice, D Wade is exchanging jerseys with mostly mostly the best players on the team. Right, most of the time, and his and, buddies, and and this one he picked him out. Yeah, he said, called him back like yeah, the guy was walking into the into the locker room. Class act. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, that you know that definitely that's something that'll make that guy's season for sure. And D Wade's gonna go down. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, top top four best guards. Yeah, ever. shooting guard, shooting guard, guard ever. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Um, I mean, and, he leads the NBA in blocks for a guard. We saw that. No, all time. No guard for beat, a guard. Is it all time? Yeah. Was Michael Jordan number one? Yeah. Michael Jordan was number one. So this week, D Wade beat out MJ for the most blocks as a two guard, and that's impressive. That's a lot of but blocks. There's a lot of blocks. <laughs> you know. So shout out to you, yeah, D Wade. That's what's up, dude. You're all. I think we're all gonna miss him. Just like we're going to miss Dirk, even though Dirk doesn't know he's retiring yet, but that's okay. Yeah, Dirk, Dirk's <laughs> going to keep playing. All right, so first thing first, Drew, we got to talk about your boys. It's yep. time that we got to talk. We had, the, we had the Battle of Los Angeles. We did. On Monday night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. It was a really big game. It was a big game for both the Clippers and the Lakers. It's kind of like, you know, if the Lakers won that game, if they came out and played, they would have been, you know, it would have given them a little bit of momentum trying to fight for that eighth spot. Yep. Um, but my boys shut that shit down real quick. Mm-hmm. And I know you, did you watch the full game? You know, I didn't get to watch all of it. That's um, sad. I had some, I had some stuff going on with my family this weekend. And so unfortunately I wasn't able to watch that game uh, all the way through, but I caught the fourth quarter. So I got, you know, the, you saw the, 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 the full collapse. Then. The, yeah, sure. We can call it that. <laughs> oh, it was, it was a fucking collapse. We can call it that. Uh, I'm going to say from the get-go, dude, I yeah. watched this game by myself. Um, I didn't want any homies at my house that night. I didn't want the lady over that night. I didn't want any of that happening. Right. I wanted to watch this game. It was really important for the Clippers, too, because we're still – like, we're not guaranteed this playoff position, but we kind of – like, we're, 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 we're there. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. We have 12 of, 17, 12 of our last 17 games are going to be played at home. Um, the day before – so we had an afternoon game. We played at 1230 against the Knicks the day before – um Landry Shamit had a huge game we blew the Knicks out and going to the locker room after winning that game Pat Beverly said I want LeBron that's all he kept saying I want LeBron I want LeBron and I love that shit dude I really do I love that shit 
and back to back games. You know, we had the Lakers the next night. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I kind of want, I want to talk about Patrick Beverly for a minute. Okay. I don't think, I don't think he gets enough love. And I want to, I want to give a little history lesson on, on Patrick Beverly because you either love him or you hate him. And the only people that love him are, are the people if, if he's on your team. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I always wanted Pat Beverly. Like I, I wanted him to back up Chris Paul a couple years ago. Like I always, always liked this guy, but I want to give you some background on Pat Bev and like why he is who he is. This is not a front. Like Pat is from the West side of Chicago, the same spot that D way was from same spot with D Rose grew up playing against D Rose. Mm-hmm. Uh, mom had him at 17 years old, you know, grew up without a father. Pat Beverly has had to, to, to fight and scrap and earn everything he's ever gotten basketball wise. Right. Not the biggest dude, six one, one eighty five. you know, yeah. small in high school. He was he was a savage, dude. Savage. He uh he actually averaged thirty he's thirty seven points a game in high school. You're kidding me. Thirty seven was player Holy of the shit. Thirty seven point three in high school. Wow. Player of the year in Illinois. Wow. Over Derrick Rose, Hersey Hawkins. If you don't know who Hersey Hawkins back in the day, he was a high school legend in in Chicago. Uh, Pat Bev actually lost to D Rose. I think in the semifinals to Simeon. Um, but just the whole culture of Chicago basketball. That's what they embody. Just talking about Dwayne Wade leading yeah. all guards and blo- or all two guards in blocks. Like that's how they grew up playing. Right. And Patrick Beverly wasn't highly recruited, which um, is crazy based it, on those numbers. Thirty-seven in high school, but they thought he was a little undersized. You know, like they he had a little bit of an attitude problem. Right. Um, not attitude, but he had a chip on his shoulder. He already he well, always played yeah, like and that. that. That translates, you know, throughout his whole NBA career. You he can got see one, that. Yeah, like Illinois looked at him, and then Arkansas looked at him. And so he goes to Arkansas, wins freshman freshman of the year at Arkansas, mm-hmm. which is you know you don't really hear about this stuff too much, right? You don't you don't consider Pat Beverly as a scorer. He grew up as a scorer, right? Okay, thirty to forty points a game. Yeah, right. you know what I mean, right? Um, goes to Arkansas, two thousand seven, two thousand eight was a wooden candidate. He was up for I don't know who won that year, but 2007, he two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I'm not sure. It must have been D Rose. Could have been. Probably was. But, or like Kevin Love. Maybe Kevin ooh, Love was in that that's mix. That's a good one. Uh, there was a couple really good teams that year. He led Arkansas in rebounding. They're 6'1 point guard. You're kidding. Led, yeah, but that's what translates to yeah. today. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But, like, he, he made a quote or w- talked to – and I want – Drew, I want you to play it right now. Play the quote. I got drafted by the Lakers. They traded me to Miami. Ron got there. They cut me. I remember like it was yesterday. So, yeah. It's a chip on my shoulder. He has a chip on it. He's drafted by the Lakers, which Drew, we didn't, we both didn't Completely. even know. I thought he was undrafted. Und- we, we both thought yeah, that. Yeah. We didn't do our research. Gets, gets drafted by the Lakers. Day after Lakers draft him, traded to Miami. Mm-hmm. Does summer camp with Miami, with LeBron James. Yeah. LeBron was like his big bro. He said this. LeBron took me under his wing. He was my big bro. Taught me the ropes. And then they didn't cut him. He decided, if I'm not, I can't have my timeline mis- mixed up, but um, he chooses to go overseas and play. It sounded like when he said was that they cut him. I, he that... comes back to Miami, though. He oh. comes back oh. and then gets cut. Oh, gotcha. So he goes with his mom to, it's where he played in Russia, Greece, and the Ukraine. And he said he, when he got to Russia, this was a huge, like. A culture shift. Huge. He yeah. said when he got off the plane, uh, dudes were wearing those, what do you call the, what the Russians wear in winter? 
with those hats. Yeah, those, I, whatever I call, it, I call it a Russian hat. The Russian right? hat, yeah, that works. Russian you know hat. what I'm talking about. I know, yeah, it's the furry one. AK-47, right? Yep. That's what the dude had off the plane. And so they take him, him and his mom to his flat, as they call him. And all he had was his PlayStation and his mom, right? And it was this, this little flat. And he said, the first thing I did was get in there and he plugged in his PlayStation. The whole, all the electricity went out. It right? went out in the whole It went out. The whole thing went out. <laughs> and him and his mom are sitting there in the dark. And he's just and his mom's just saying, we've been through worse than this. Like, we're going to make it through this. Uh-huh. So fast forward a little bit, dude. This dude was the Euro Cup MVP. Won a cha- I th- he won a championship. Um, went back and... Tried out again for Miami. Was playing summer league. They cut him again. Yeah, has a chip on his shoulder, and he was so close to making the NBA. And he was doing workouts. I think it was with like Patty Mills and like uh, a few other. I, I remember Patty Mills, but there was a few other like really good point guards. And when he was doing these workouts, he said, "Dude, I'm just as good as these guys." Right. But he wasn't understanding why he didn't make it to the league like why they weren't picking him up and he right. had a phone call with one of those dudes and i wish i had the name dude and it was a, it was a name that we would all know sure um and they told him they said look what you can do is be learn how to be a leader and play defense nobody's playing defense in the nba it's true nobody's playing and defense. that's fortified his spot in the nba for the last whatever seven seasons that's what he honed his skills at he was playing with milos him and milos were on the same team oh funny crazy right no way. and that was kind of like his that's who like granddaddy did it in like showed him the ropes on how to play overseas yeah and then this is what's wild listen to this dude so his agent calls him they have been watching him he he, he signed like a three million dollar deal overseas he's like i'm living a great life got a big house got two cars and he basically was saying i'm gonna play overseas for this the rest is what of i'm it. gonna do right? yeah because i i can make a you know three millions yeah. and nothing to sneeze at no yeah. I, i'm and i'm sending money home to mom like we're gonna be i, I can play for another 15 years right <clears throat> and so his agent calls him and his agent, uh, this is he. So he signed a three million dollar deal. His agent calls him and says, "I got good news and bad news." And he said, "The good news is, the NBA wants you. The Houston Rockets want you. They want to pick you up." But he was under contract with right. his team, and I don't necessarily know the team's name. I think this is when he was in the Ukraine. Um, and so he said, "What's the bad news?" And he said, "The bad news is, it's going to cost you one point five million to get out to get out of your contract." And he said, "Man, I just made all this money." Right. And then, and then what? What do I got to do? Right. And this is where I think the beginning of Pat, like the real Pat Beverly, yeah, starts. And it starts with this: his agent said the NBA will cover four hundred thousand. You got to come up with the rest, uh, the the next million, A million point one. Yeah. So he paid the one million dollars wow. out of his fucking bank account, the money he to just made to get released to go to the Houston Rockets, and that's when everything starts. Nice. I really want people to understand that. Like, not everybody has this easy route to the NBA. Right, right. He was also telling a story of, like, dude, there was some nights they didn't have electricity. Like, he or he had to turn on the oven to warm it's up his heat. apartment. Right. You know? So, Pat Beverly is cut from a different cloth. And we kind of see it with people like P.J. Tucker, too, who had to travel to Israel and play on 25 different teams. And they take pride in defense because that's where your money's at. Right. Not everybody is LeBron, not everybody's Zion, not everybody's Kobe. But <clears throat> going back to this Clipper-Laker game and Pat Beverly saying, I want LeBron. As a Clipper fan, a longtime Clipper fan, and as an NBA fan, that's what you want to see your leader do. Yeah, You want to see your leader be like, I want LeBron. Yeah. 6'1", 185, 6'8", 250. And to have your leader... Say, I'm going to guard him. And from the get-go, and I told this to our boy Jeff, 
before the tip even went off, I saw LeBron smiling and like talking to people on the sidelines and Pat Bev was locked in, like literally locked in, right in LeBron's chest, like walking to the tip the off. whole time. And the first play of the game, if you didn't see it, JaVale McGee wins the tap, Pat Beverly steals it, layup. And from that, he had five steals in the first half. Yep. He was on in LeBron's ass. And I think that set the tone for the whole game. So I just, I just wanted to say that about Pat Bev. Yeah. That's cool. I, I didn't know a lot of that, actually. So that was really enlightening. I'm I'm not surprised about that journey. I'm surprised at how good he was in high school. That That's pretty shocking as far as, like, the scoring level because that's definitely fallen off in the NBA. You know, he's he only got 13 points in, in a game, but he he affects the game differently now. So he definitely took on that role and that mentality uh, and be like, well, this is clearly where my avenue is to for success in the NBA and in basketball in general. So because it sounds like he was still scoring pretty high, even in, in the Euro League. He was right. But six one point guard in the NBA who isn't a super athlete and isn't like a Steph Curry he knew that his bread and butter was going to be defense. And most of his points, he's shooting really well right now. He started uh, tough at the beginning of the year, but his yeah. three-point shooting right now is really good. Good. But most of his offense is generated yeah. by defense. Right. And, yeah, he only had 13 points, but then 13 points, nine rebounds, five steals, six assists. Like, that's a stat line that Definitely. you want. Guarding LeBron James. Absolutely. And I love this about Doc, too. Doc said, okay, you want the assignment? You're the leader. You'll take it. And you lead by example. And this is where I think teams like the Lakers, mm -hmm. like Boston, like a lot of these teams, they don't have a leader. We've bought into Pat Beverly. Right. Jermichael Green said, nobody gets me up hotter than Pat Beverly. Right. Nobody. Yeah. The, ener the energy he brings. And, it's the same. and Montrez Harrell says the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I just think – with, with it, of course, I loved the game. We played really, really well. I was scared in the beginning because Rondo hit four threes, and I was like, Rondo had a really good game. He had a really good game, and LeBron had, a, you know, LeBron had a LeBron, LeBron did game. a LeBron game. Yeah, it's just one of those games. But I just think uh, Pat Beverly set the tone early, mm -hmm. and it was an important game for the Clippers. Everybody, there was a lot of people on our social media who, yeah, I've been going in on the Lakers. Everybody knows I'm a Clipper fan, so yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit of shit, but. It was a big game for us because we had to come and play. It's the King. It's the Lakers. You know, we're battling for the playoff spot. Right. And we came prepared. Yeah. And the Lakers didn't. It, I think it definitely was a big game for the Clippers. I don't see the Lakers identifying that as a necessarily a big game. Just because I don't see if they identify any game at this You're not stage. seeing it at all, regardless. How, how, yeah, what is a big game mm -hmm. for this Laker team? Like, what what is that? Is that when you play Golden State? Is mm -hmm. that when you get up? Mm -hmm. Is it when you play the Raptors or whoever whoever they have in their own mind that they actually all want to show up and play really hard for? I don't see a team out there, maybe other than the Warriors, that they're going to give their all against. I mean, it, it was nice against Houston. Uh, we saw, we saw some, some nice, you know, game play against Houston. So maybe it's something about the mentality of the, of the team right now that – that stipulates, well, you know, it doesn't really matter if we're playing the Clippers or whoever. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just one of those things where, where the energy is just kind of all over the place right now for the Lakers. There uh, is no energy, though. That's I'm, what I'm seeing saying. none of that. I'm not seeing, and again, this isn't a rip on the Lakers. I'm not seeing anybody locked in, even the King, even right. LeBron. Right. Like, as serious as we know his approach to the game is, like, I just think there's sometimes where I think he's given up already. Even though he says, yeah, he says, like, if it's a, I'm, I'm playing. Like, I think when Anthony Davis didn't get traded, LeBron gave up the season. Mm -hmm. 
and I think there was no recovering from that. I think he knows that. Like, when, you when, think give up? Or I think give up is a, is a strong word. Do you think it's give up, or do you think he just said, "All right, well, we're just gonna we're gonna go with what we got. We're gonna try our best." Like, no, his you attitude know? reflects differently. I mean, his body language, the defensive, uh, you know, lack of defensive presence and play, and just general hustle. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, I haven't I haven't looked at LeBron and be like, "Wow, he's actually hustling." Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't said that about him, and that's something not, not something I always want to look for for him to do is hustle necessarily, but it is nice occasionally. Um, but yeah, in my mind, you know, once the, the, the 80 trade didn't happen, I think in, he registered as like, all right, well, I'm going to maintain my scoring, my rebounds, my assists. I'm going to maintain all my stats, but I'm not going to get hurt out here again mm-hmm. this season um, already. But I think, it, I think it shows exactly the direction of the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And I think it shows the exact direction of the Lakers. It was a very telling game, regardless of whether or not, uh, the Lakers even, you know, felt like it, they sh- needed to be competitive in this game or not. It, you know, it was a close game for most for, of it. For most of the time, yeah, it was. The guy, you guys only won by eight points. Um, you know, at the, I think at the end of the fourth quarter, it felt like a little bit more than that because, again, that's like the last five minutes is when the Lakers really start to unravel. And then we start, but we come together. You guys do. When the old, when the old school Clippers. They would sa- fall apart. Well, yeah, because we wouldn't know who to go to. Right. And what the thing is, is like. It's not a single guy that we go to. Of course, we're going to. You guys look are running at, a system right now. One hundred percent. You and trust in it. Everybody's bought in. Yeah. They interviewed Montrez before the game, and Trez is just like, you know, this isn't a big. This is another game for us. We approach every game the same way. Right. We're going to bring the same intensity. We're going to bring the same plays. Yeah. We're going to listen to Doc, and we're going to go off the leadership. And from what I hear in the locker room, is Montrez, Lou, and Pat Bev are the guys. And people listen to what the hell they got to say. Sure. And they should. And when you listen to Pat Bev's story that I just told you, like, okay, I'm going to listen to this guy. And we see it defensively. The offense is going to be there. When you have Gallo and you have uh, Lou Williams and you have all these guys, it just works. The basketball's flowing. And I want to say something about Landry Shaman. And we've, we, I've said this on the past couple podcasts. This boy is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Seven threes. He had a big three in the fourth. Had a big one. Yeah. Pat Beverly made that happen. Yeah. Um, big three, but he's, we've given him the confidence and the green light in Philadelphia. He really didn't have the time necessarily. Right, He was like the eighth man. Yeah. And he didn't get the touches. Right. Doc said, pull the fucking pull it. Shoot it. And Pat Beverly and Lou Williams and Trez are saying, please yeah, shoot the ball. And that's kind of what you want. You know, absolutely. That's exactly what you want. I want to say something though, to Laker fans right now, because I, I got a lot of, I got a lot of hate because when there's a clip of Pat Beverly, Pat Beverly's coming back to the locker room after the game. And he's just like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. You know, he's intense. He's up. And people were hitting me up saying, oh, acting like he won the NBA championship. Like, you again, you guys don't have any fucking banners. Like, what do the Clippers know about any of this shit? And I want everybody to know, like, Pat Beverly approaches every game. Like, he was doing the same thing. He was beating. up a little bit more for this But you game. should be because you say I'm going to take right. – I want LeBron right. and we're going to win this game. But it was more – it was a bigger game for him, I think, than most of your other teammates. It seemed like he took it he upon himself. He had a chip himself. on his shoulder, yes. He took it upon himself to make it a bigger deal, mm-hmm. and he did a great job. He performed really well. I mean, LeBron still did his thing, but right. he does that against anybody who's going to defend. I know that he annoyed him. I can tell you. When I was the last per- last time that. LeBron – a 100%. Yeah, he definitely annoyed him. He was him. pinching. He got him under, he, he got under his skin for sure. Uh, and they kind of let him play a little bit, a little bit, because I think the refs look at it too. It's like, okay, all right, Pat Bev, you're right. gonna guard, you're gonna guard the man right now. No, let's see what we'll happens. let you get away with a little bit. Sure. One thing I always bring up about Patrick Beverly, mm-hmm. I I respect Pat Bev uh, for the way that he plays the game, but especially in those early years in Houston, like the shit that he did with Russell Westbrook has always got me sideways. Um, he injured Westbrook's knee, and then the very next time he saw him. 
he injured it again. <laughs> I don't think and that it was, was a- after the whistle. Right. And it was just one of those dirty fucking Patrick Beverly plays, which is why people only like Pat Bev if, if he's on your team. Do you think and Russell has some many words for Pat Beverly. They got a lot of beef. And but, I'm on Russell's side of that. I am. No, I get I, it. I, I am. That was a fucked up thing that he did. I get it. Yeah. Uh, but I also think that Russell Westbrook would want Pat Beverly on his team. I I would I would. I don't know. That. I feel like Russell holds some grudges. There's a there's. A, <laughs> but I mean, I can see that. Yeah, obviously, if he like if he doesn't want to play with Joel Embiid. Yeah, I think I don't think that would end very well in practice. I I love every time we beat the Lakers. I love it. Every dude. Clipper I mean, fan loves to beat the of Lakers. Of course we do, and right. they should. Yeah. Just like Raider fans should love when they beat. The Chargers, you know what I'm saying? Sure. The Giants and the Jets. Like, we should love this stuff. But out of the last 27 games that we've played. Yeah. So we're going to go back six years. Let's go back to Christmas. You're talking about 27 Laker Clipper 27 games? Clipper games. Laker Clipper games. Okay. What do, you think the re- what do you think the Clippers record is? In the 27? In the last 27 times that we've played. It's probably pretty even because the Lakers haven't been good since 2012. So what do you think it is? Probably like what is that 14 13 clippers 23 and 4 the clippers look at that so we've been doing this for a minute winning yeah. at least sure so every like it's not like we think every game is a championship no but we do like to beat the lakers of course we do yeah and i would really... I, I i appreciate that you broke it down to the last 27 meetings because what is the what's 20, the overall start, i'm saying starting okay yeah overall <laughs> yes 27 27 goes back to when to uh, starting with chris paul blake right and when, that, when your team was taking off and, and the lakers when we were, start, well, yeah, were not but, great okay that's okay <laughs> it is if, okay if, but if we i win, just think it's funny because you chose a time where your team was clearly my better th- okay i'm with that look <laughs> i also want like hey listen laker nation i want you to know this too yeah we get it yeah. We see the banners. Yeah. We know your history. We don't want to take any of that away from you. We understand. It's not like we're fucking oblivious. Right. But we're trying to win, live our own life, too. To me, it's it's the classic big brother, little brother relationship. Right. right? Anytime I, I am the little brother, I have a big brother. Anytime I would come up against him in whatever we did, it was always big for me to beat him in any scenario. Right. And I think, you know, as you grow older, right, the little brother and the big brother become much more even playing Mm -hmm. fields, right? When you start off in the younger years, I'm 11 years younger than my brother. So, like, when I was five, and when I was five, you know, you know, he was 16 and and there was no beating him at anything, right? Unless he wanted me to win. Catch me at 25, though, big bro. That's what I'm saying. I hit 18. All of a sudden, he's he's 29, and mm-hmm. I'm like, where are you at? Right? Yeah, what's up, bro? So, you know, it's just that classic relationship. And I don't mean to say necessarily that the Clippers are, are the little brother of the Lakers, but I think if you just look at our relationship between the two franchises, it's kind of that scenario. It'll always be like right. that. And if you right. want to talk pre- the last 27 games, the reason why we love this shit so much right, is we, we got our ass kicked for so long. Exactly. You guys had the best management, the best clientele, yep. the best owner. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you had it all. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I think the Clippers deserve a little more respect. I really do. And I, and I want to say something to like Stephen A and Colin and like all these guys that wrote off the Clippers and said, once we traded Tobias, it's done. Oh, we're, we're, we're tanking. Right. There is no tanking. We are seven. We're eight and three since, since Tobias. Yeah. Okay, we're we're third in the league in defense. We're scoring out out of the gym. We're shooting great percentages. Yeah. We're not playing to fucking lose. A quote from Pat Beverly, opening day or a media day for the NBA. There were seven media people in the Clippers locker room. Seven. He said he looked at Shea and he said this shit's going to be different at the end of the year. So it's little things like that. There was also a quote from Pat Beverly TMZ that I saw Mm -hmm. 
when Tobias was still on the team and Avery Bradley was like, they were going into the season and Pat Bev was interviewed like outside of a club. And they're like, you know, what, what do you think about your, what are your thoughts on getting Kawhi Leonard? And he said, that's great, but I like my team now. Mm -hmm. And I've been saying that a lot too. I really like my team. And this is the next question Mm -hmm. to you being an NBA fan. Like we have the money to get Kawhi. Okay. Mm -hmm. If we want to get another superstar, which I don't want, We'd have to get rid of Gallo, right? Maybe. Well, Gallo's got a twenty-four million dollar deal. Maybe. Maybe. Depends. Okay. So there's you other see, ways have, to you get have around. some space. I what I what I know is is that when it comes to maximizing the cap room that you have, you have the right people working out those numbers mm-hmm. in your front office, mm-hmm. and that's something that you haven't been able to say for a long time. Long time. So that's that's I think that's the most important thing about this off season and the next off season as you look to bring in a, a top level free agent like Kawhi and maybe a you know another mid-level kind of big free agent signing like a you know chris middleton or whoever else that you have on that list the the good news is the people that are pulling the triggers for you are 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 sharpshooters they're they're making good moves for every franchise that they've been a part of so when you're looking at Kawhi, that's the a number one that's what you should do and right now the way that the clippers are playing if i think if you inserted Kawhi into this lineup it would it would be a huge impact uh, but I again, I don't think he'll be able to do it by himself, right? Just if you just if you just only add Kawhi and you keep this rest of this team, it's still a really nice team. But then it, when it comes down to it, are you good enough to be the number one I team th- in the West? I think we're right, honestly, and I, I could be far fetched, right? But I'm just looking at the fact, and this is why I'm talking about Gallo because I wanted to keep Toby, but we weren't going to be able to afford him. I, I don't see another six ten. Stretch four five. Gallo's great. Gallo is a healthy if he Gallo. Can, if he can stay on the floor, right? He's a great player. He really is. He so, can pass. He can shoot. Which he's is very he unselfish. Should, and I think it's reasonable pricing for him also, because the marketplace is allotting for a lot of money for a player like him when he's healthy. Twenty points per game. Like it, it, if you just look at him and Tobias, their numbers are so similar. And Tobias is going to make a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, this off season. Tobias he's, is younger. Tobias is Gallo younger. is thirty. Tobias is 25, 26. 26, Yeah. But my point is, is mm-hmm. that those players are going for a hundred dollars, a hundred million dollars or plus. And I think you got him for like seventy three on three years or something like that, or seventy. He's at twenty four million right now, right. which is a lot. My whole thing is, like I was talking to our NBA guys about it, is just like I'm over like. Everybody's just switching teams, right? Why would we get rid of somebody that's really working? Right. He knows the system. He loves playing with the guys. Yeah. He has the Clipper mentality right now. Mm-hmm. If it means not getting – I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to do as a front – Now, if we can do a gala, we'll give you two for 20 or two for 25, yeah, two if you for can 30. Extend, if you can extend him and, and then move the money around, mm-hmm. so you give him an extension and then kind of parcel that out, like weigh the back end of the contract – to give you guys more space, mm-hmm. that's something that I know that the office, the front office will think about. Mm-hmm. They're going through all these scenarios. I think you're in good hands for this offseason. Right. The question really at hand here, I think, is like every franchise in their own mind has what they view as a successful season when they start the season. And I think both the Lakers and Clippers looked at this year and said, if we make the playoffs, that's going to be a successful season. 100%. The, the the difference, I think, with Laker fans because of our history is that, especially for me, making the playoffs is not a success, right? Making the playoffs is what we expect, and to win a championship is a success. But right? you haven't made the playoffs in, in, in years, in a few which years. Is, which is what I expect when you bring LeBron James onto a franchise. You expect to make the playoffs. I expect to make the playoffs, right. which is why I had them predicted that the five seed at the beginning of the season. 
right? And I, you know, I, I, I keep saying this. I shit. had him higher, didn't I? You had him at four, mm-hmm. and I keep saying, you know, and you, you thought they might even get into the three seed. I did, and and the the eighteen games that LeBron goes down is the big question mark Huge. here because we would be, you know, it's pretty obvious to anyone that looks at that the the schedule of games that we had over that eighteen games and goes. All right, yeah, they probably would have won six, eight, nine more games out of that if he plays normally. So, I just I know that a success for me when I'm as a Laker fan isn't making the playoffs. I, I get that. When, and every franchise has their own version of that. But we not just the Clippers. Every single one has an idea idea of what's an accomplished, achievable goal at the start of the season. I 100 percent agree right. with you. And nobody thought LeBron would go down with 18 games. Nobody thought Lonzo I didn't think would be the Clippers out. were going to make the playoffs. Okay, okay, totally. Yeah. But it's how you do. De- so look, it's part of the fucking game. Like one day, one of the guys that was going off on our page was just like, "Well, uh, LeBron was out for 18 games. If we if we split that at nine and nine, they'd be at this record. And then right. Lonzo doesn't go down. We win three. That's not part of the. the and it doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter, matter because the, that's not what happened. No, and part of the right. game is you lose players. Yeah. Players go down with injury. Right. Gallo was down for 10 games. Lou was down for 12, 13 games. Mm-hmm. It's how you come together as a team. Through your coach or through your practices, through your, uh, leadership. your leadership, yeah, yeah, your team leadership. Like That's Pat how Bevin. it works. Yeah, you know. And unfortunately, the Lakers couldn't do it. So to and and, and again, dude, we are a full NBA podcast, uh, but we we tend to talk a lot about Clippers and Lakers. But as far as management goes, one of our guys just hit us up, one of our followers, and said, "Please talk about Laker management. What is the next step?" And we we talk we've talked about it on the past three sure. podcasts. But again, right. Going into this off season, you know, yeah. if management, if Laker management is not going full on mm-hmm. to bring three or four, because again, right. Drew, Anthony Davis and LeBron James are not winning a title together. They're still not better than the fucking Warriors. Depends on the on the rest of the team. From the rest. Of I agree the with you. I agree with you. Uh, we're in a good position with Anthony Davis and LeBron. Uh, this is the sh- this is the fucked up part of you know being in the front office or coach of any NBA franchise. Uh, the coach is on the lowest fucking totem pole. Luke's going to be fired, right? I think I said that probably a month ago that, you know, it looks like Luke's not going to make it after this season. Uh, and I don't think the problem really is with Luke. Um, I think, I think Rob Palinka, who is fine at his job, I guess we'll find out this off season, how good he is at his job yep. because I, he's in a weird scenario too, right? He's in, he's kind of in a, in a realm where if he does something right, magic gets all the plaudits. True. And if he does something wrong, it's Rob's name at the end of the list going, oh, well, that was actually Rob. Rob fucking was the one who signed up Beasley. It wasn't magic, right? right. You know? And so, I, you know, it's, it's a really fucking tough spot for, for Rob Palinka to be in right now. But he's got to prove his fucking worth, man. Uh, I think a lot of the reason that he was even considered for this job was because he was at one point Kobe's agent. And that's how much love the organization, the Lakers organization has for Kobe Bryant. 100%. Is that they would even consider fucking bringing this guy on who had no other front front office experience. Do you think they listen to Kobe at all? You think Kobe has a say? Yeah. You do? I do. I don't know how much. Mm -hmm. I I also don't know how much Kobe gives a fuck about the Lakers right right now. (laughs) You know? It's LeBron's thing, right? Right. You know, my my bet is that Kobe probably wanted to see someone other than LeBron take over for for the Lakers after he's retired. Because there's that. there's really when you look at Kobe and LeBron, they're they're so great. But the only other great player that greater than Kobe 
you know, in his era is probably LeBron. And that's the guy who took the the reins. How about this? And nobody's, and it literally just came to my head. Mm -hmm. How many times this season have we seen Kobe and LeBron together? Right. Like talking, being at practice. That's what I'm saying. Doing okay. I think I, if Paul George was the guy that we landed and not LeBron, Kobe's Kobe there every fucking LeBron. day okay, at I'm practice, helping Brandon Ingram, helping Kyle Kuzma, mm-hmm. Rondo. Uh, you know, Rondo doesn't need any help. Lonzo is who I meant to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I totally think that that's true. Crazy. And this is why, like, again, I think this is you know, if if Kobe had to pick somebody to take the reins mm-hmm. after he left, you know, kind of left the torch for someone to pick up. I think he would have picked any other player, like what Westbrook, right. like literally any other big superstar to take over from him than LeBron. We and that's seen, just where that's just where it is. That's some real shit, though. If and, you think about it, and it's some real shit. This is this is what the Lakers fan, the Laker fans internally have to deal with, mm-hmm. right? Because we were so dead set in our ways, like Kobe is the shit. We love Kobe. Fuck LeBron. You can't have a com- a real conversation right. with a diehard Kobe fan. Right. You cannot have a basketball conversation. I, and I, I would say the same is probably truthful for a Michael Jordan fan and a LeBron James fan. Okay, I'm all with three that. of those fanatics right. are all fucking horrible conversations. And stuck in the conversation. They're all horrible conversations. Right, right. I never want to have them. If all your people out there, I love your opinions. Right. And you have great statistics to back them up, but they fucking suck. All three of them suck. I, they're just really good players, okay? But like, it, this is the, that's the thing, right? You would expect someone. Kobe is still out here training people left and right. He trained Jason fucking Tatum of the Celtics this offseason. Giannis and didn't fucking was not involved in the Lakers offseason at all. But do you think that's because Kobe didn't want to be involved, or nobody went to Kobe? These kids, like I don't think LeBron or Kobe extended the olive branch, saying "Come work with us." I know Kobe probably did because he's pretty diplomatic now, mm-hmm. so he probably sent him a text or fucking shook his hand when he got there, like showed him around or whatever. But have we seen but them not together? Boys. They're not boys, right? They're, they're not. not homies. They're not. They're not homies. This is back in the era you where you weren't friends with your when you're fucking one hundred percent. So this is he, Kobe and LeBron were very much in that. Threshold. So maybe like, because we've never seen Kobe with a relationship like D Wade and LeBron, like Melo and Chris Paul. Kobe you has know? like his his versions of that, but they all played with him. It was Powell. It was like okay, Powell because he be could my speak guy. Spanish and they Italian. had a little vibe, right? But you don't see Kobe. Kobe wouldn't. Did Kobe do a jersey exchange ever? Like, did he really give a fuck? No, he doesn't want to give out his jersey. No, I, I'm, that's a really good question. It's, I can't remember if he did a jersey. Well, because there wasn't a, really a farewell tour, though, was there? I mean, we knew for we, him. No, there really wasn't. There wasn't a time. There he was. Didn't, there was the last season. He could have. We kind of knew. He could have done the Dirk thing, and like stretched it out. Yeah, he could have. We we well, I mean, we paid him for those last two oh, years. We that, paid him. We paid him a lot of hefty, money for those hefty. for those last two years. We so he whatever tour he got, he you know it was well paid for. Someone gave him a rocking chair. Do you think I remember here, that? Here's yeah. Okay, Someone pulled out a rocking that's chair. That's normal. I love that. Do you think that the Lakers right now need Kobe Bryant? Do you think Kobe needs to have, in some form or fashion, oh. a role with? Because the Magic thing's not working, and I really well, I, it's <clears> too on. early. It's too early. <clears throat> okay. to say that. But the whole Laker Hollywood Showtime shit, I think that shit isn't around anymore. Yeah, it's a flop right now. It's gone. The movie's a flop. It's gone. Well, but this is this is the thing. It's it's, it's not one season, right? right. This isn't it. Right. This is, we signed. We didn't sign LeBron for a one year deal. Right. He's not holding us hostage yet. No. Uh, I'm sure that'll happen eventually once his fucking and, son's gonna graduate from co- high uh, school. All star by All Star break next year. Requesting <laughs> a trade to the Clippers. But we'll give him to you. <laughs> we would, dude. Honestly, yeah. It anyway. It listen to what you're saying. Like like some people are really saying that. Like let's trade LeBron. 
You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? Do you understand, guys? And first of all, we've been shitting on LeBron this this whole time. Uh-huh. But 13 points away from Michael Jordan tonight. He's, right. ba- he's about to pass Michael Jordan tonight. Totally. Um, fourth all time. Third. Third. Oh, fourth, no, fourth. Yeah, Kobe's, Kobe's third. Kobe's got three. Yeah. That's um, right. And he's and, and 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 if LeBron LeBron will catch Kobe next season, most likely. He's like 1,300 points away. Yeah. But so he'll, he'll get what there. Do they normally, I don't even know what the average is. He'll get like, there. If it's 30 points a game times 82, it's, you know, 2,400 points in yeah, a season. Yeah. There you go. There's Drew the college student. Bang. Ba-bam. And again, this is what you get when you are the best player on the team and you are the king, quote unquote king. You have to get the scrutiny that comes with this. Yes, you can blame Magic, you can blame Palinka, you can blame injuries, you can blame, you know, all that shit, but unfortunately it's your job. Right. And you have to be able and I think he's handling it okay. When you look at Kyrie and these other these other dudes, they're not handling it too well. So let's just hope for NBA basketball's sake, that this summer the Lakers make some moves to make right. this do the last happy. thing. Because I mean, you brought up the management question, right? Mm-hmm. So this this off season is it, right? This is this is really this like is... when we're talking about like, well, it's not this year. I keep saying it's not this mm-hmm. year. It is this fucking summer. Mm-hmm. This summer will make or break the run that we're doing here. Magic Johnson's reign with the Lakers. Rob Palinka. They're gonna fire Luke. So whoever they fucking bring in, better Ty bring Luke. it. Whoever they bring in, better bring it. Okay, because right. it's not Luke's fault, and I I will I will ride with Luke until I die. Can you, can I cut can I cut you on that sure. though? It is kind of Luke's fault. If you don't establish, it's obvious that there was no respect in the locker room. If How Beasley, is that his fault that LeBron doesn't respect him I'm even when he shows just, up? Okay, why isn't Beasley a guy that's not even getting time on the court? Who does Beasley really respect? I, no, I I don't know because I'm not in the locker room. But I think once that shit isn't, a, I mean, it was it was addressed because he was he was he was cut from the fucking he was team. cut from the team. I don't think Le- I don't think Luke had the respect of of most of the players, and I think he did when he was there last year because okay. he had this team playing hard defense. Mm-hmm. We know this NBA teams will not play hard defense for coaches they do not respect. Facts. Look at the Chicago Bulls. Facts. If they respected the coach that all he wants them to do is play hard defense, <laughs> they would play some fucking hard defense, right? right? So this is why I know Luke is a good coach because he did have those kids. Like, performing well. Mm -hmm. We were a top 10 NBA defense last year Mm -hmm. without LeBron and all these fucking veterans that we brought on. And that's respect, in my mind. And it shows that they were listening to him. And it shows that we were able to be competitive on some level last year Mm -hmm. uh, without all these big names and potential free free agent signings. The problem with Luke is that he was brought in before Magic and before Rob. And whenever you're brought – whenever head coach comes as a part of a deal with a new GM and a new president of basketball operations – that coach is never likely to last very long, especially when the new free agent signing, the biggest name in the franchise, LeBron James, also has a lack of respect. Does Palinka have any credentials to be doing what Oh, he's, he's a doing? lawyer. Like, he's a very okay. good agent. Okay. He's a very good An agent. agent. And agents really tend to translate nicely into GMs. They okay. do. They tend to because right. they know player personnel. Bob Myers, the GM of the Warriors, was a former agent. Okay. So, and it's proven time and time again, you know, they're smart guys. I'm not saying Rob is stupid, mm-hmm. uh, but what I am saying is that his fucking neck and Magic Johnson and LeBron James, the Lakers organization as a whole, is on the line this offseason. 100%. It's make or break. Um, I want to bring up one former Laker. I know who you're going to bring up. You right brought now. him up already. Pau Gasol. Milwaukee Bucks are making moves. Huge pickup. No, wait. Signing Eric Bledsoe. Extending, extending Eric Bledsoe. Extending Eric Bledsoe. Signing Pau Gasol, which they, and they got Eric. It seems like Eric Jeep. was was nervous. Four year seventy, nervous, and also wants to be a part of this Giannis yep. thing, right? So there's two things, yep. right? That's a big because he probably took. 
maybe 10 or 15 million dollars less by re-signing this extension than going out to the free market security security right now yeah yeah job security it's four security. years but you know him him being a free agent he would have gotten signed there's always one guy that gets fucked every offseason you're like oh man how is he not signed with the team and you like know, jamal crawford right and like i think jamal Isaiah crawford Thomas. nick young is <laughs> right. not nick in the young. nba anymore right. like there's it, it, there's always one guy right? right and so he was like looking he's like you know what I don't want that guy to be me. Yeah, Let's I'm gonna take, take that seventy shit. million for four years. I'm I'll, not going back to Phoenix. Bledsoe said I ain't going back like, there. Yeah, man, it's cold up here, but dude, but, they got. They, you know what? Fuck it, man. They got fires. <laughs> like, my house has a big fireplace. Do you know what I think that means to me though? Uh, this is and this is what we want to see with small market teams and these other larger teams. Let's see some of these veteran players right. buy in. Like right. I believe in this coach yep. and Giannis Budenholzer. Watch, watch yep. Middleton do the same thing. See, this is where we can talk about small markets. You bring up a very good point here. This is the marketplace for the small markets. It's the fucking buyouts. Mm -hmm. That's where the because the, the players that are bought out want to be on a playoff team because right. they make more money when they go to the playoffs and they have a, a potential impact on a team that could be going to the finals and that might get you another one year deal and etc etc right. right i mean look at ursan Ilyasova. Mm -hmm. okay that motherfucker has been on like seven teams in the last seven years and every year he gets bought out and picked up <laughs> like I, I i that's an exaggeration but in right. the last three seasons that's what happened to him right and he's been on really good teams he was on the sixers last year that almost you know probably should have gone deeper than they did and now he's on this bucks team again for like i feel this like it's fourth the, time fourth time on the bucks <laughs> And he, again, is like Johnny on the spot, right. ready to go. Right. Um, and so I think Pau Gasol, uh, I know he played with Budenholzer. Budenholzer was an assistant coach uh, on the Spurs. I think they, they know each other mm -hmm. from some kind of stint there. Uh, but even if they missed each other, the opportunity for having Pau Gasol as your maybe second or third center is unbelievable. Yeah, him or Robin and, you know. Brooke. Gives, it's Brooke. Brooke excuse yeah, me, him or Brooke and – Give give Giannis a break right. for a couple minutes. You can play with Giannis yeah. out there. You can play without Giannis. Those two and Miritich is also in yeah. that line. So like, dude, they're they're That's a squad. They're looking about as good as they could be. They added depth, mm -hmm. which is one thing that I was a little nervous about the Bucks. Mm -hmm. They're really good, you know, top to bottom. They look like the best team in the East. Uh, but now I think for certain, after we saw Houston, you know, kind of beat up on Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, and we know Houston's not the best team in the NBA by any stretch of the imagination. After you see that, you go, okay, you know what? Maybe it's Milwaukee's year. We just brought up the 19 – this is a full fucking circle, people. This no, is do a it. podcast. Do it, Drew. 1971, Milwaukee Bucks was the last time they won the championship. Ooh. And we brought – that was the first team that I mentioned. 66 wins? 66 wins. How many they got right now? Do you know? Uh, it, it, they're in the 40s. They're number one, right? Yeah, they have the best record in the NBA. They're 48 and 16. Okay. And so they can still get sixty. They'd get... have to win out <laughs> to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. They ain't getting sixty six. Sixty six and sixteen. They'd have to win out, but they they've already clinched the playoffs. And everybody's already saying like, "Hey, Giannis is the best player in basketball. Yep. He's the best player in the world right now." Well, and now you're seeing the the attention that 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 player can draw. Uh, the last thing I'll bring up, and then we'll wrap it up real quick, is um, we have we have a return return of the Mac. Dude. I mean, is it? Return of the Mac. What's the What's the Australian version? You of do that? the Australian voice. Yeah. Return of the Mac. I don't uh, yeah, know. That didn't sound right. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh boys, <laughs> hey boys, guess who's back? Hey, it's your boy. What's up, mate? It's your mate, Andrew Bogut. Mr. Bogut. Bogut's back. Bogut's back. What a huge pickup. If you had to guess right now, how old Andrew Bogut is? 
Uh, number one pick in 2000 and just his age though. I'm going to say he is 31. No way. How old do you No, dude? He's 34. Okay. 31 is that's a, I thought you were for sure. You're going to go older no. because he looks, he looks older than Dirk. Okay. And he's 34 years old. Just Cause he's got the bit. That's this, still young. He's the same age as LeBron James. Right. And he, for my, everything I think about Andrew Bogut is that he's an old man. Really? But he's 34 years old. Right. Still got a lot left in the tank. He's he was balling in Australia. I bet he's gonna have the nicest tan in the NBA when he arrives because it's summer. Joakim Noah's winning it's all of that It's summertime right down now. there though. It's summertime. Have down you there. seen Joakim, bro? That I looks like this dude has been chilling in. But it's he's in Memphis. How is he still? He's got a spray tan. Because he was living in the jungle. For yeah, that was a, like a seven months ago though. Well, still. I think Bogut's gonna bring the the Aussie tan. <sighs> And I know, I know everyone in in uh, on the Warrior side of things is really excited That's about this. Huge. I I think the Warriors probably could have taken a couple better swings at backup centers mm -hmm. like Marcin Gortat. You guys released him. Mm -hmm. He's just chilling. Who's older than Andrew Bogut? Apparently, I didn't fucking realize how young he was. Um, but like, there's other like Michael Beasley is out there and available. Yeah. Nobody wants him on any nope. roster. Apparently, he's just an ass. Nope. Uh, but. But there was other options for the Warriors to choose. They chose to go back to the roots. They know him. He knows the system, Bogan right? knows the system. Right. They all love him. Right. And so I do think that team morale is a big deal. They need that with them. I think he needs to loosen up that fucking locker right. room. It's right. tense in there. There's only so much Steph can do. Mm -hmm. Clay, you know, Clay is in doesn't and out. give a fuck. Clay doesn't really change. Clay's no. just a good guy. And so his aura is good. So he'll, he'll walk around and there's good vibes. But he's not going to be the one that to like jazz up the locker room or no. fucking you know loosen it. I up. I don't think Bogut's that guy either, though. But I, I do think, think he, Bogut's that guy. I think he, uh, I think he's a funny guy off the court, and I think he's comfortable just because he knows everybody. So he'll be able to slide right back into that that role. He's going to be sitting on the bench a lot, just talking a lot of shit, yeah, and making some jokes. He's perfect for the fucking playoffs, dude. They're needed. They they had one of their big men go down. Yeah. Um, He's going to be perfect, knows the system, and like you said, he's a great locker room guy. Yeah. It's going to be – I, I actually do think that they're going to have a, a little resurgence because they got their ass beat by Boston yes, they did. last night. Yes, they did. And I think n not necessarily on the court he's going to have a huge impact, but just in general his presence will be huge for them. That's what's up. And we're going to talk about Boston on the next episode because I got to take a leak actually, Drew. I've been holding <laughs> this. I've been holding this for an hour and a half. You got to hey, take a CeeLo green. We, oh my god, a CeeLo leak. That's what I got to right. do right now. Leaky Black from North Carolina. <laughs> There's a kid named Leaky Black on North Carolina right now. Leaky? Leaky Black. I love it. That's really? Me. Yeah. Dude, that's what's up. Yeah, that's, he's actually a baller. I love it. Leaky. <laughs> hey. Guys, we appreciate everything you do for us. <clears throat> Screenshot Show us when you're watching the episode, listening to this episode. A lot of you are going to want to what? I have an actual task you have for a those task? out there. Let them know. Tell us We haven't task. gotten a review in a little while. Yeah, what the fuck? We have 155 or 175. 176. We did get a new one? We have 176. Okay. We are a five-star podcast. Let's we, keep those coming. We, we know need the, that engagement to continue. We, we 100%. We know the two dudes that left us the bad comments. They're just a bunch of haters. And I know you're listening to this right now. We know who you are, bro. <laughs> Quit hating on your boys. Hey, leave us a review we're gonna make a big announcement next week because clips of drew got some shit in the pipeline we have some stuff on the horizon but there's nothing else that we like more than seeing you guys screenshotting listening to the episode yes okay so continue to do that we want to send a special shout out to hard to guard they sent us some really dope hey, gear this man. week yeah shout out bro slam online my people at slam sent me some 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 nice gear that i'm rocking right now uh you know 
Blacktop Basics, you know, all our guys, Season Creates, like everybody, Antidote yeah. Fresh, everybody that fucks with our show. We see all the comments. We see everything. Just keep that shit coming. And I'm going to take you out with something really dope right now, Drew. Shout out to Tallahassee. Dude. We are the GOAT podcast, so we're going to go out with GOAT talk. My boy T-Pain, Tallahassee, what's good? It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. We're ghosts. Rob Palinka. Yeah. Hey, hey. He ain't know about it, bitch, you know it now. Say you got to hear it from the GOAT. She got a goat tattoo. I got a ghost statue. You got a quote that too from the goat.